Hello, International Women Connected. I'm so, so, so excited to be here with the next episode and our next awesome guest, um, who I'm sure you're going to love today and you will hear so, so useful things about communication real and how communication actually help us in business, help us in life, help us in all sorts of relationships, really. Um, it's absolute pleasure to introduce you, Veronica Vazzeri. Veronica, please do correct me if I haven't pronounced your surname right, and I do apologize about that. Um, I had a great chat with Veronica just before the podcast, and I'm so excited to have her actually on the podcast and, and deliver um, what she has to deliver today. I'm sure you will absolutely love it. Hello, Veronica, and great to have you on here today. Hello, Anna, and thank you for having me on the podcast. And you didn't uh, mispronounce my name. You're absolutely spot on. I think I would struggle to pronounce yours, that's for sure. But you did a great job there. Amazing. Yes, my name is complicated. <laughs> I usually have to spell it every time. But um, I'm so excited that I've, I've managed to do that. And um, Veronica, hello. Great to have you today. And um, I would like, you, you've just shared such an interesting thing uh, with me earlier and obviously um, reading your bio prior to that and getting to know you as one of the great members of International Women Connected Platform. And um, I'm sure I will have so many questions about you, but before I even kick off with that, I would love to um, give you the chance to introduce yourself, who you are and what do you do? Thank you, Anna, and um, thank you for having me as well. It's always a pleasure to talk about what I do because, um, as many people um, in, in, in uh, International Women Connected, I'm very passionate about what I do, and this is really a, a love child because I always have been passionate about all aspects of human connection. I have always been very passionate about the relationships we have with other people, social, romantic, professional ones. And of course, communication is a huge part of, of how we relate to other people. And the, the words, the power of words is incredible. And I have always, it, it has always been my fascination about the words we use, how we use them, how we communicate, gender difference, differences in communication, and that that is what um, pretty much what I do. I am a gender communication and educator and a relationship coach, and I help people both personally and professionally to reach the best potential and through the communication and through understanding the differences in gender communication and through understanding the differences between um, men and women in, in, in the way they perceive the, the words. Amazing. That, that sounds so interesting. I already have so many questions to ask you as well. I'm really, really curious. Um, how did you... So may I say that you're a relationship and communication expert? You can say I don't like using the word expert because I'm, I'm, an, internal, I'm an internal student. I, I'm, I'm continuously learning um, and I, I'm, I'm adding one degree after another and one certification after another. It's a it's completely endless process. We, we don't really fully ever 
going to understand all the complexities and intricacies of human psyche. So I'm going to be learning about it for the rest of my life. But you can call me gender communication and relational literacy educator. Thank you. Yeah, I, I absolutely love as well how you've described. Because I'm not, I, I did say expert, but I'm actually thinking about it. I'm not a big fan of the expert, um, expert word. And I believe the same as you do, is that we're constantly learning and we're constantly educating ourselves. And that's the beauty of it. Because if we, if I've got the feeling, if I do know everything, life is going to be pretty boring. Um, so we're constantly learning, constantly finding new things out there. Veronica, why communication? Um, as I as I as I described as, as as I mentioned earlier, the communication is really what what forms the basis of uh, a, a relationship. Because how do we get to know someone? How do we express our thoughts? How we um, interact with others really is make or break our success in life, our ability to find a great relationship personally, our ability to do business with people. So communication is a, it's often a word that is overused and um, misinterpreted as well. But it's really right. something that we would need to constantly bear in mind when we talk to other people because often what we say is influenced by our biases, our background, our culture, our upbringing, our life experiences. So we already come to every interaction with a lot of baggage. And when we have that baggage, when we start communicate, we also have an, an, an underlying assumption that what we say is what another person going to hear and what we understand and what the meaning that we put in our words and sentences is exactly how it's going to be interpreted by another human being. And that is always the furthest from the truth because as we communicate with someone, that person would also have their own filters that they're going to be processing our words through and a lot of those filters that we are not aware of sometimes even they're not aware of but they are so hugely constantly in place so when we say communication a lot of people assume that it's it's eloquence it's mm, speaking the same language obviously we're not talking the foreign language it's it's the way we articulate our thoughts, it's the clarity, but it's actually also knowing the complexities behind it and knowing what impacts um, psychologically, emotionally, and on many other levels, culturally, socially, on many other levels, the people who are listening. And also the, the area that I'm particularly um, excited about is the, the area of gender communications because gender identity is the strongest identity that we have mm. and 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 that is the strongest influence that we have um, that is um, impacting our communication and and that is also the area where the most of 
um, misunderstanding or misinterpretations in communication arise, and I, I help people to solve these problems, and I help organizations to solve these problems in teams, and I also help individuals to solve this problem for both um, personal, professional, and social relationships. You know what, I'll stop you here because you've given us so much insight and it's just made me think about it. And, and I've got a question for you here. When you said that um, communication is actually impacted by our culture and where we come from, right? We, we come from geographically as well. We come from a different places and we've got different understanding of communications. And to some culture, one thing that we're saying, it might sound too soft. To other culture, it might sound too rude. And um, so I've recently was in a communication with someone who I actually found really, really rude towards me. And I, I, I've realized that I was getting really offended um, and then when I got to know the person and when I had a little bit of feedback on the person, I've realized that this is the person's culture. And he, direct style, I, yeah. I, yeah, I perceive this person is being rude towards me, but this person actually has no aware that he, you know, she or he has been rude because it's a, it, this is the way this person has been brought up. So for that person... Um. It was something completely normal, as for me, it was extremely rude. So how do you, how, how in, in that instance, how do you overcome a situation like this? In that instance, it's always keep in mind that, as, a, as I said, you would always need to keep in mind that another person, gender is different, another person, the culture is different. Some cultures are very, very direct. And a direct style communication would be perceived as very rude in cultures where it's completely opposite. It's very indirect. So a lot of cultures, the Eastern cultures or Middle Eastern cultures, for example, um, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on saving face, for example. So the talk is always indirect. It's always making sure that the person is, is um, not offended, not losing the face, whereas m many, many cultures... European cultures, for example, some some countries will have a very direct style, and and that is normal. And indirect style will be perceived as fake or manipulative, for example. So, in order to overcome those differences, it's obviously always bear in mind that you're speaking to a person from another background, and culture is only one layer. Uh, I mentioned gender, of course, but we can talk about different upbringings and family values and. Even um, it's not just the geography, but it's also experiences. So if, if somebody, for example, have been um, traumatized about, you know, they had a traumatic event in their life, and we might bring a topic without realizing that we have a certain trigger in certain wounds or impact in certain persons. So in order to overcome that, it's always have in mind that we can't make any assumptions that what we say is understood and what other people say is understood and we try as much as possible to stay neutral and and listen and take as much clues as well in the communication because the verbal um, language always complements with the non-verbal communication so for example if somebody is saying something that verbally is perceived as rude 
but the non-verbal body language is very friendly and you see there's a little bit of dichotomy that well, it's a friendly body language person is smiling, but the words are, it's, it's too direct for me. It's just trying to build a, a picture piece by piece as a mosaic and not just react um, on the very first impression that you have. And obviously training. I, I'm a huge believer in learning those skills and learning the, the cultural communication, the gender communication and different, um, there are the body language uh, training, there's a different trainings that are available to help people to overcome those barriers because they are barriers and they need right. me. Yeah. Um, I've got another question as well for you, if I may ask. Of course. Well, we're here to, to ask and answer questions. Yes. It's just so interesting. I've got the feeling like I'll keep you forever on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, as you say, you know, some cultures are more direct, some cultures are more indirect. I come from a culture um, which is very direct. Mm -hmm. and so I'm originally from Eastern Europe. We're brought to being very direct. Um, and we don't like, uh, we, we, we don't like to keep quiet if we don't like something, let's put it this way. And so we're very, very direct. We will confront the problem straight away. Um, and I think personally, I can deal, I'm, I'm very tolerant of direct people because this is, that's my culture and I'm very tolerant of, of direct people. But where is the, that moment where we think, okay, directness is already on a borderline route because, mm -hmm. um, you know, and going back to my example as well, like I said, I'm someone who can tolerate directness a lot, but this person was literally rude, for example. So mm -hmm. where is, where, how can we find that balance? Where, where is that line of, saying, okay, directness is fine and we can tolerate that, but now goes to a borderline rudeness and arrogance. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant question. What you're describing is pretty much knowing where your boundaries are. Because as much as we, in communicating with others, we obviously have um, we always have a goal in mind. What is the purpose of this communication? Is it just a friendly exchange? Is it a, a business communication? Is it a business deal discussion? Is it negotiation? Is it my conversation, important conversation with my partner? So we all, we, we have a, a, a goal in mind. So it, depending on what your end goal from this particular interaction is, that would influence your reaction to a certain situation. So first of all, that we, we need to be aware of, okay, what is the outcome we want to get, what is it that we want to get out of this conversation? So that's, that's just one dimension. So I'm just going to put the placeholder there for now. And the second dimension is also knowing what your personal boundaries are. And I am a huge believer in having healthy boundaries because healthy boundaries are really our bulletproof, remedy for any relationship problems because if your boundary um, for people to speak to you in a certain way and this person is saying something or doing something that is crossing that boundary of yours about 
communicate like it's it's a it's a communication boundary. Some let, let's give an example. You 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 not go you know that your boundary is not to, not to tolerate when somebody um, making negative comments about your appearance, let's say, or negative comments about your qualities. So this is your personal boundary. So let's let's say that the person is crossing that boundary, and you know that that is the boundary violation. So the way to handle it is to express that this is your boundary in such way that you still keep the relationship because you have an outcome in mind. So, for example, if you're in a business negotiation and you want to close the deal, um, you're, not, you're obviously not going to slam the door and walk away because somebody uh, uh, crossed your boundaries. But I teach women and people how to communicate their boundary in such way that people respect the boundary and we still keep the relationship going so we don't break the relationship and they know that this is how you are to be treated because by setting your boundaries and communicating those boundaries positively with love and kindness is an important quality because you show others how to be treated because others don't know how to be treated they come from the cultural uh, life gender backgrounds and they they treat people the way they used to treat people. So unless you tell them, unless you educate people uh, in a very graceful way, of course, people wouldn't know how to treat you. So that's, that's, that's the gift that you give to people to, to, to know how to treat you. So, so having the outcome in mind, and so what is it I want to achieve from this conversation, and communicating your boundaries, setting your boundaries is very important in any, regardless of communication styles, because because if this is crossing your boundary, if you find in the route, you need to, you absolutely need to set that boundary. I absolutely love that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it makes so much sense as well that as, 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 long, as long as we know our boundaries and where our limits are, there is no, I always say there's no such a greater thing than setting your limits and say, you know, for you personally, enough is enough. And like you say yourself, to have an outcome, what is actually my outcome of this conversation, of this relationship, of this communication with that certain person? I'm going to get you somewhere else now. Because you help women, you also help men and companies, right? And you talk a lot about gender communication. Mm -hmm. One question, is there a difference how men communicate in business and how women communicate in business? It's, um, it's such a huge um, topic and massive differences. And so we, we were in, in 90, we, we, we knew for, for, for years and years that there is a anatomical, biological differences in, in, in men and women brains that affect the way men and women communicate. And the, the, the biological, one of the major ones, for example, is the difference between right and left lobe. And the, we, we, we know that anatomically the, the, the breach between the left uh, lobe and, and right lobe, the, there is a breach which is, you know, the, the, the fibrous breach they call corpus callosum and so they, that, that connects the both lobes to and processing information. So we know that in women, left-handed men and anatomical gay, that breach is bigger so they have a capacity to actually simultaneously process information to both um, lobes 
brain lobes, whereas men have uh, the the right-handed men they have um, much smaller area which is responsible for that. So they tend to uh, speak from one or the other. So they, they can't simultaneously switch from one to another as quick as women or left-handed men can. And there, so we know, we knew for years that anatomically there, there there are differences that impacting how men and women communicate. And but in 1970s um, there were people who started to predict when the feminist movement uh, resulted in more women um, entering workforce. And in 1970s people started to predict now that we have more and more women in management position in business. We are going to have less. Um, communication differences. We're going to have less gender differences in communication in a few years' time. It didn't happen. Even though we have uh, many, many women, uh, in, in some countries it's 50-50, in some countries it's much less, but we have men and women working equally now and occupying various positions. Um, it didn't happen. The gender differences still exist. And what happened though, because women were entering an environment where, which used to be predominantly occupied by men who already have their own communication, business communication rules set up, um, it's women who needed to adjust and to conform in order to be perceived credible and uh, authoritative and be taken seriously and rise to the positions and so on. So it's actually women who needed to do that adjustment and because they, they were entering last um, to, to that right. business world of communication. And, and women started to adopt the style, but the, the, the major problem that women face, even until now, is because in order for for them to succeed in a professional context, they have a very tough balancing act. So the first of all, they need to confirm to a feminine style of communication that is that society accredits to a feminine style in order to be perceived uh, as acting appropriately. And they also need to be firm and forceful in order to be perceived as competent. So if women is totally get and adopts the male style, she would be perceived as angry or aggressive. But if she stays in her feminine style, she will be perceived as, as, as incompetent, not assertive enough, and you know, not professional enough. So it's very difficult for women, even today, to actually find a balancing act where she's not perceived as a, as a you know, angry, aggressive, um, um, I know, person, and at the same time she's taken seriously, she's taken credible, and she's taken, and she's not adopting um, a, a masculine communication style or a style which is perceived by society as masculine. So there are huge differences and there are huge um, challenges that both actually gender space in the workplace. I, I absolutely love that. Saying that, it leads me actually to the last question. Although I want to keep it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm sure that our listeners are thinking the same. They'll probably kill me that I'm finishing up and wrapping up the podcast. But what do you think of women wanting to wanting in our days, wanting to come out there, wanting their voice to be heard? Um, I don't like to say that women have to find their voice because I think as a woman, I personally always had a voice. And sometimes I just want my voice to be heard. So therefore, I would never say that the woman has to find her voice. I always say that woman has to have her voice heard. Her, what yeah. do you think about that? I love, um, I totally agree with you on this because I love uh, the the definition that we, we always had a voice. And it's true. Uh, I, I personally never felt that I don't have a voice. I always had a voice, I always had strong opinions, and I always had... It's, it's learning how to speak in such way that people hear you. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I created uh, the entire workshop based on helping women with, with that frustration where you, you know you have something important to say, you, you want to be heard and seen, and yet... In a, in, a, in a business meeting, sometimes you say something and, and, and people don't listen or people don't pay attention or people don't take it seriously and then somebody else um, say, says exactly the same thing and people clap and say, what a brilliant idea. So I have been uh, myself through a lot of frustration where I felt that I, I'm, 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 my voice is not heard and, and having years of experience and working in male-dominated environments, I I knew what it takes, I've learned what it takes to actually stay feminine and communicate in such a way that you are perceived as a, as a competent, professional woman with a voice heard. So my, uh, my, my entire training has, has been created to actually take women on a journey and, and really give them all the tools that, that they need, both non-verbal and verbal in order to, to overcome that and to become the, a very strong voice that, that people want to hear and want to listen and they want to um, see and, and take in. So um, that, that is my contribution to this. And to answer, to, to answer your question, is, it's something that I encourage women to do if they want to be heard. I'm not a big fan of pushing women into business world or pushing women into the workforce. There are many, many women out there that are perfectly fine being homemakers, being mothers, being being happy just to create, you know, homes and comfortable environments for the families and raising children. I don't believe that we should glamorize one way of doing things or the other. I don't think we should glamorize women in business versus mothers and homemakers or the other way around. I think it's the choices that women have today and I'm supporting those choices, whether they want to stay at home, I'm helping them how to create a beautiful relationship with their husbands, if they want to go to the workplace, how to be perceived and taken seriously, how to speak in such a way that you are heard and understood. And, and, and these are the choices that we have today. And it's a beautiful time that we live in because we are empowered to make these choices. 
love it. And I love how you're finishing that we are empowered to make those choices because I believe that we always have a choice. No matter what the choice is, it's always, we always, always have a choice. Veronica, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. I'm absolutely sure that International Women Connected would love listening to it and probably they'll even request more. Um, we will list your details as well below the podcast for how people can connect with you. What is, is there a message you would like to, to pass to our listeners today? Absolutely. I'd love them all to join me for the workshop that I'm doing in London on the 4th and the 5th of April. It's a two-day workshop and it's executive presence for women where we will be learning how to tune in our non-verbal communication, our verbal communication that we can succeed in any environment. And it's really not becoming somebody we are not. It's, it's just becoming our best authentic confident self. So we'll be stripping a lot of masks and returning back to us and using our power and our best self to shine in the world. So 4th and 5th of April, London, two-day Executive Presence for Women training. I think everyone should come, to be honest. That would be so, so interesting. And if I was in London at that time, I would have come and joined in as well. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And um, sending you lots of love. Where, where in the world are you at the moment? Are you in Vienna or...? I'm in Malta right now, but not for long. I will start traveling next week. Yes. Right. Enjoy Malta then. Enjoy Malta and um, yes, and have an amazing, amazing rest of the day. Thank you so much for being our special guest today. And you too, Anna. Thank you for interesting questions.